Is Mark Zuckerberg a reptile? If birds are descended from dinosaurs, shouldn't we be keeping an eye on them? Answers to these questions and more on this episode of This Paranormal Life. Welcome back to the podcast. It is Tuesday once again, your favorite day of the week because it is populated by me, Kit Greer, this guy, Rory Pars. Welcome to the podcast, Rory. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I just want to talk briefly, very briefly about right. that second question that you raised earlier. Right. What do you What do you think they're planning? What are you worried about? I think the they're birds? they're doing like a long con. Right. Like 65 million years style. Right. It's secular. They're going to go from dinosaurs to birds and then back to dinosaurs. <laughs> what no one talks about is what what were there before dinosaurs? Right. Chickens, pigeons, it's very much cyclical. It's kind of like, you know how like Optimus Prime is a transformer? Mm-hmm. I think these um, these dinosaurs are transformers. And right. they go from, you know, d- dinosaurs to birds, back to dinosaurs. Yeah. I think we need to be killing birds, but much more violently and, uh, <laughs> and ferociously. Because they're like zombies, you gotta remove or destroy the head. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> their, their power is stored in the beak. <laughs> you can remove the beak. You've got them by the balls because <laughs> they don't have regular balls. That's right. Welcome back to the podcast. If you haven't listened before, this is the Paranormal Podcast where every week we dissect a different paranormal tale and at the end of it, we decide whether it is true or false Yeah, based on the evidence we provide during the podcast. I've got a doozy for you. Like this week, like, like last week, like every week. We're just going to jump right in. I'm winding the clock all the way back to 1977. Okay. What a year. Abba's at number one. Hey. Star Wars is in the cinema for the very first time. Good times. Elvis is dead. Oh. Or was he? But life... <laughs> it's another episode, brother. But life does not stop. And in Chicago... His did. In Chicago, the CFD, or Chicago Fire Department, to the uninitiated, are sliding down fireman poles for a call they just received. 911, what's your emergency? There's a fire! On Pine Grove Avenue, Chief! Ooh. You just hung up on her? <laughs> They're going so fast. off. <laughs> you know how much of a ball it is to swing down these poles? It's cold as shit outside. Yeah. It's February 21st, so it really is cold as shit outside in the Windy City. But the one oh, place... Christ, in- that's not where you want to have a fire. <laughs> the, windy- <laughs> the Windy City. Oh, shit. <laughs> right next to, like, Timber Yard Lane. <laughs> But the one place in Chai Town that wasn't freezing was 2740 North Pine Grove Avenue. Dude. Because of, of the fire, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. <laughs> just, just I just want to make to sure clear. there wasn't like a weird heat spell that was blazing no, through that part of the town. It no, was very much the fire. It was very fire. much the fire. Okay, cool. But the firefighters were professionals. And to them, this is just another day in the life. They just prayed that no one was still inside this building. Of course. They didn't know it yet. There was something about this fire that they couldn't forget in a hurry. Something they did not expect. So it's a few hours later, and smoke has stopped billowing out from this block. Now it's safe enough to look around inside. Okay. They don heat-proof suits step in. As they climb the steps, looking at the smoke damage, they know they're getting closer to the source, trying to determine what caused the fire in the first place. Cigarette, candle, exactly. There's something always like that. a source. You know? Yeah, yeah. They reached apartment 15B, and after getting a maintenance worker who actually called in the fire to begin with to let them in, they started pacing around the flat. This wasn't right. It wasn't a normal fire. The place had been ransacked. 
What? How Things did... were everywhere. The place was trashed. In the middle of the room lay a pile of burnt clothes on top of a mattress. It was all torched. In the pit of their stomach, they knew there was only one reason someone would do this. God. They pulled the mattress away and they revealed the body of Teresita Bassa. No! A respiratory therapist at local Edgewater Hospital. There was a kitchen knife through her chest. Oh my God. And her clothes had been removed, like she'd been sexually assaulted. Jesus, the this team, is heavy. They scarred the flat for evidence, but they found almost nothing, except for a note from her journal, handwritten, reading, get tickets for AS. Who was AS? But after weeks of questioning friends and family, the police had almost nothing to go on. They spoke to one co-worker who said Teresita had made two phone calls at 7.10pm and 7.30pm before the fire brigade were called just one hour later. So she was on the phone just an hour before the fire brigade were called to this fire. So it, it happened really quickly. They were almost at a dead end with their investigation when... Hey, detective, this is Evanston Police. We've got someone here you're gonna wanna meet. I'll be there. The police put them in contact with a couple in Evanston, a suburb of North Chicago. Dr. Jose Chua and his wife, Remibias. Jose told the detectives, I don't know quite how to tell you this, but my wife is possessed. So unrelated to what's happening <laughs> in, the, in the hotel. Can you imagine? An absolute waste of police time. <laughs> I am a Chicago police department detective. Right, right. But chief, you don't understand. Right. My, my wife... Uh-huh. Is a demon. She's been possessed by a demon. I'm investigating a murder sexual assault. Mur- arson. Murder sexual assault's gonna be the last thing in your world when my <laughs> wife is 20 fucking feet high, alright? <laughs> She's a kaiju. She's a freaking kaiju at this point. Stumping around the apartment. This guy's such a jerk as well. He's like, listen, I'll be honest with you. I don't respect policemen. I don't respect firemen. <laughs> what I need you to do is... Do your job, call an exorcist, and get over here. <laughs> Listen, you think I want to be talking to you? You think I want to be talking to a goddamn detective? It's my day off. It's Saturday. <laughs> I called the operator and I said, put me put me on the line with someone who's in charge. And they put me on with you, a fucking asshole. <laughs> like, it's so aggressive. <laughs> the chief hasn't even said a word on the phone yet. This guy's just been rambling. <laughs> You see, she's just not been acting herself for the last few months. <laughs> and, <laughs> That's all. And, and three times now, a voice has spoken through her. Yeah, and what does this have to do with the Chicago police, sir? Well, the voice has a name, sir. It's Teresita Bassa. Oh. The detective doesn't know where to begin with this. You know, y- you say this has been happening for months. Why didn't you say that sooner? Arrest him. <laughs> arrest him and his wife right now whatever like, you're doing is wrong and bad <laughs> i never heard of her i i didn't i didn't know who she was until the possession all i did was kill her and start the fire <laughs> i didn't know her name <laughs> i didn't kill her i simply started the fire in her apartment i thought if i left it it would go away and i wouldn't have to explain all this and look foolish at this point the detective must have had enough wanted to walk right out of the room but dr chua said listen this voice explains how she was killed and who she was killed by i mean if you're a detective what do you do it's like 
I, I mean, tell me. And the guy's like, LeBron James. <laughs> <Yeah>. Okay, bye. <laughs> yeah, like, I guess, what, what do you do as a police chief? You don't listen to them? That's insane. Yeah. Maybe arrest them Maybe. as well. I don't know. The, the whole thing is so bizarre. I guess it's 1977. Do you think it was a more suspicious time? It's a more, more of a, like a mind oh, for possession? By suspicious, you mean ignorant? <laughs> <laughs> yup. Dumb time? <laughs> oh, back in the dumb old days. <laughs> he listened to him anyway. I guess you're in the room at this point. If you left the room, he would probably yell it like at you as you're walking out the door. So yeah. he listened. The voice told of how Teresita was in her flat when a Mr. Showery came round to fix her television. Okay. But he stabbed her and robbed her jewelry, started a fire, and fled the burning building. Okay. Like, that, heard- that was it? That was just, just to get the jewelry? Yeah. God, man, that's such a hassle. People people do crazy shit. Yeah. I mean, you've heard, you've heard the term inadmissible in court. Yeah. You know, they, they talk about, you know, <laughs> private phone recordings in some states that's inadmissible. Yeah. Things like that, you know, pr- uh, secret video filming. This is definitely testing the boundaries of inadmissible in court. This is the definition yeah, of it. I think so. This gets you removed from the courtroom. <laughs> this gets by your, force if necessary. Your, your police license stripped. <laughs> Can you imagine being like <laughs> a lawyer in court, you know, when this, this case is taking place <laughs> and... It's not, it's not going in your favor at all. <laughs> <laughs> They're about to, you know, the jury's about to make a decision. And your ace in the hole <laughs> is a possessed woman. You, you, turn around, you turn around to your defendant. You wink. <laughs> Don't worry. Got this one we in got the back. <laughs> you start speaking in tongues. <laughs> They're like, this is not admissible in the court. It's like, all right, well, we also have... 300 letters all addressed to Santa Claus. <laughs> Again, that he's not even relevant. <laughs> Call a purple sky argument. You throw them off with some crazy shit. <laughs> all right, but that doesn't explain the hat. It's called peacocking. <laughs> Makes me stand out. <laughs> Dick, why are you being so mean? It's called nagging. <laughs> it's like, what is going on? Hire you, you a lawyer. All you've done is learn things and execute them. <laughs> You're not actually doing anything. <laughs> defendant is just I should have defended myself at this point so later the detectives talk into the police department you know uh, you know hey did anything come out of that questioning with Dr. Chua we set up right whatever hey shut up not much yeah. have you guys heard of a Mr. Showery yeah there's a technician at the hospital in the same department as Teresita called uh Ellen Showery my god the detective's mind flashed back to the note on Teresita's desk that was in her burnt-out flat. Get tickets for AS. Showery did it. (laughs) (laughs) It's all coming together now. (laughs) The note read, get tickets for AS. Oh. So, Alan Showery was there the night of her death. Now they had more than just a testimony from beyond the grave that no one would believe. They had reason to believe he had been there and they wouldn't have to bring up a possession in court. Yeah. It looks like that ticket turned out to be, puts on sunglasses, one way. Ow! Put in, put in the, uh, David, David, um, put in the music there from CSI Miami. Punch it in there. Wow. Thank you. Thanks, David. Cheers. They drove to Showery's place. Hey, uh, mind if we come in and ask you a few questions? 
Well, surprise, surprise, he would. <laughs> You've gone back to, to a redneck accent. <laughs> Subconsciously. <laughs> yeah, I have to go real, like, um, yeah, L.A. Noir style here. They drove to Showery's place. Hey, mind if we come in and ask you a few questions? Not at all, Chief. Come on in. Well, surprise, surprise, he wouldn't say much. Denied the whole thing, in fact. I mean, nothing. <laughs> he did not have just about anything to do with it. Well, you won't mind if we take a look round then? Of course not, Chief. <laughs> Go ahead. They started looking through his things, and they came across something. A hint. Some jewelry. A pendant and a That's pearl mine. <laughs> I wear that sometimes. <laughs> the detective's mind flashed back to the ransacked apartment. This yours? Oh, that, that belongs to my girlfriend. And they're going, can we speak with her? She's just in She's the other in the room. Bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's mine. <laughs> she, say, she says it's hers. <laughs> she sounds an awful lot like you, Mr. Shower. <laughs> Detective says, well, well, that's funny. They perfectly match the description of Teresita's lost personal effects <gasps> from her apartment that night. And Showery started singing, changing his story all over the show. Okay, I was flat broke. I was helping her with all jobs for cash on the side. Ooh. Before long, they had the whole confession out of him. Murder and all. Oh my gosh. Well, this made news headlines all over the show. The story was called The Voice from the Grave. People were all abuzz that Teresita had come back from the dead to solve her own murder case. That's badass. Thoughts so far? You know, if I get murdered and I come back from the grave, yeah, like I'm gonna get like a, a Big Mac one last time or something. You know, I'm, I'm gonna like I don't know, scare the shit out of my friends or something. I'm probably not gonna try and solve my own murder. Right. If you died, yeah, and you were able to come back for like Just do whatever and I want. one hour, you yeah. would get a Big Mac. Like sneak into a bowling alley, you just bowl all night. <laughs> No restrictions, baby. Bowl a solid no, 90. No restrictions, no shame. That means sides up. Sides up. <laughs> using that guards. fucking thing you use to roll the ball down. And guards down. down so you're not hitting any pins. <laughs> you get, the staff come in in the morning. Someone's been bowling all night and they bowled 85. <laughs> I don't know how that's possible because the rails were up. The rails were up. He's caught on CCTV a number of times trying to kick the pins down. <laughs> Not even He's bowling. He's so f***ing weak. He couldn't even manage a split using his own damn hands. Still getting bowling gutter balls. all night long. Gutter ball after gutter ball. The last day of his life. Just one strike I wanted to do. One strike before sunrise and I couldn't hack it. <laughs> Didn't have the balls. So this was taken to court. And it's weird because despite that initial claim being kind of inadmissible. Right. It pointed to evidence that did exist. Exactly. And the jury were able to use that evidence to convict him. You know, you know I think I think in the business they call that not playing by the books. Mm -hmm. They call it unorthodox police work. That's and right. And I, for one, absolutely support it. Absolutely. You know, you do what it takes to get to the bottom of a crime. Maybe even if to, that is maybe murder, crack a few eggs. That's what I'm even saying. if you got to commit a few goddamn crimes and, yourself. And if those eggs are human beings, so be it. If you got to kill a few people to make an omelet around these parts, <laughs> you know the old saying where it's like, uh, you know, you either catch the culprit or live long enough to become the murderer. <laughs> That's the last thing you say as they lock you up and throw away the key. <laughs> 
in my in my Joker from the Dark Knight cosplay. <laughs> Did he even commit a crime? No, he's just weird. <laughs> we, we, we all feel better this way. His parents asked us to put him in the cell overnight to teach him a lesson. That's <laughs> his peep in. I'm just in the corner going, "Why are you so serious?" <laughs> getting the shit beaten out of you by other criminals <laughs> they're fucking taking my cosplay stealing all my shit <laughs> why so serious the police would tase you again oh, oh crap bring me the batman <laughs> but mr showery actually claimed on the fifth day of the trial that he had been basically improperly pressured into giving a, a confession. Oh, he said okay. that him and his girlfriend had been threatened, you know, with arrest, and his girlfriend was pregnant, and that was why he confessed. So yeah, it basically meant he started denying the whole thing again, and the trial was brought to an end with a deadlocked jury. Right. But fast forward just one month, and he pleaded guilty. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> Uh, because it was going to go to court again and his lawyers were like, my God, you're going to lose so take the hard. L. Yeah. <laughs> take the L on this one. <laughs> Isn't that like a thing? Is I think it used to be certainly that if you pled guilty, you automatically got a third knocked off your sentence in some parts of the Jesus, states. Jesus, that much? Yeah. And like lots of people wanted to bring an end to that because yeah. it was like, <laughs> people are just like, as soon as they're getting in, just like, yep, yeah, I up. That's mad. That's and then, crazy. And then, of course, people who were innocent, who felt like they were going to lose, like you their lawyers were advising them to just plead guilty because it's like, well, if you lose fighting it, you're going to get a 20-year sentence. That sounds so like, bad. Why not just take a 14-year sentence? It must know? be just an incentive not to waste court time. Yeah. Assuming that anyone who got to that point in the judicial system was guilty. Exactly. That's ludicrous. Bad. That is so backwards. That's some like cowboy shit. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> well, Cletus will knock a few days <laughs> off your sentence. Exactly. You just admit to it right here and now. It's like the whole thing's like, you can either say you're guilty and we'll take you away now, or you can plead innocent and we will lock you up in a legal battle for so long you'll beg for prison. <laughs> it's okay, like, I did it. You're the judge. Are you supposed <laughs> to be saying this? <laughs> Why is the judge smiling? I feel like a judge shouldn't be smiling in court. I feel like that means you're getting a kick out of this. <laughs> Your judge is was like grinning with like eyebrows up really high. <laughs> Goss playing the Joker from the Dark Knight. That's a bad sign. That's like, I would rather my judge be cosplaying as Naruto Uzumaki <laughs> instead of instead of the Joker. Like in the stupid ass purple waistcoat with a green hair, like yeah. <laughs> you get, like then you get brought in that courtroom and you're like, Fuck. like <laughs> this was over before it began. Uh. <laughs> the yeah, because the judge would be like, take him away, and it's like you're you're supposed to be a criminal. Why would you? Don't you want me out there? Here's the pillar of justice. Here, this is bizarre. <laughs> Batman comes and takes you away. <laughs> what sick, so what, what weird courtroom is Every now and then, Rory and I come across a podcast that we simply have to tell you about because we know that TPL listeners are gonna love it. That's why I'm so pleased to say that this episode is brought to you by... 
the Luke and Pete Show. This is pretty cool because Luke and Pete are friends of ours and they just happen to also be podcast royalty. The Luke and Pete Show is one of the top ranking podcasts in the UK comedy charts. Oh yeah, and if you thought this paranormal life is crazy and chaotic, this show has absolutely no rules. Unscripted, unplanned, unsupervised. I think the only rule is that it is technically, legally a podcast. Every Monday and Thursday, Luke Moore and Pete Donaldson bring you the world's strangest stories. From Luke's belief in UFO conspiracy theories to Elon Musk's latest attempts to be cool. The Luke and Pete Show community is a broad church and everyone's welcome. I am personally highly invested in Pete's journey to importing a vintage Toyota Century limousine from Japan. I think last time I checked, he got the car and didn't have keys for it. So uh, I'm looking forward to what the next bad thing that happens is. Yeah, I don't know a lot about cars, but I think keys are pretty important to the whole machine. Right. Listen now wherever you get your podcast. The Luke and Pete Show every Monday and Thursday. you realize that Remy Chua, the woman who was possessed, yeah. and Alan Showery were not strangers, but they actually worked at the Edgeware Hospital at the same place. As this Bassett. is, yeah, so this is what's swaying it for me at the minute. I think if it was, if that couple had no idea who this woman was and she was possessed and just saying this name and then they solved the murder, that would be very incredible. 
and suspicious. But the fact that they actually know this guy, they knew the girl, they must have known something was either going on or even subconsciously they knew. I don't know, that makes it a little more a little a little more plausible that it's not actually paranormal. In terms of the evidence for it being paranormal, one thing I thought was quite weird was you've kind of got two situations here. Two paths we can go down, a fork in the road, if you will. Right. On the one hand, you've got the Remy Chua knew these people and guesstimated what might have happened and yeah. uh, brought this up as a possession. Weird reason. thing to do weird in a very do, serious situation. <laughs> and brought that forward to police. Alternatively, um, it's a genuine possession case and really the spirit of um, Teresita went through Remy Chua and told them exactly what happened. I think right. the evidence for the latter would be simply that the explanation of what happened was very precise. Devil's Advocate, how much that was actually in the press maybe it was and that was one of the issues the detective had with it was he said why didn't you just bring this up at the time then if you knew all this so maybe they'd had a little bit of time to like research it and okay so the story very much went to press and then the claim about the possession came i believe so i believe it was in the press all right here's my thought go on maybe remy is actually, you know, these friends with this killer. Uh-huh. Right? Maybe, you know, they hang out a little bit at work, maybe a little sure. bit after work. Sure. Now and again, the killer has some weird tendencies. You know, he's like, he sees uh, what's her chops with all the jewelry walking around the place. And he's like, oh man, I kill for that jewelry. <laughs> you know, I'd straight up murder. I'd stab for that jewelry. It's like weird little, 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 little things hints. like that. And it's like, oh, okay, okay, sure. And then maybe they're not so subtle. You know, he's like, maybe I will, this Tuesday, I will literally kill her and take the jewelry. And she's like, all right, getting a little more specific Getting now. a little more intense. And then it happens. All right? Yeah. Now, you, you're, you've been put in a position where you knew it was going to happen. Maybe you feel a little guilty. How do you tell police officers that you know it, who committed the murder, who committed the crime, and what they did without involving yourself too much or making it look like you had the means to stop this from ever happening interesting yeah you you don't want to implicate yourself exactly Mm -hmm. i mean this is a ludicrous way of doing so but it's also i mean it worked didn't it 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 sounds insane but i mean that is a very practical way justice was kind of served it kind of worked out (laughs) somehow yeah that that was that was what some people thought Remy simply didn't know how to tell the police. I mean, that's a that's a stressful situation. So not being able to articulate or process what has happened, um, like maybe this is the form it came out in. Yeah. That makes sense, you know? Yeah, there seemed to be a little bit of weirdness about how these trance episodes came about. Showery's defense in court claimed that Remy had been frightened of Showery in some way and intimidated by him. Okay. And that she suspected him of making complaints about the quality of her work. It sounds like she lost her job at the hospital. And I'm reading online that apparently these trance episodes started within hours of losing her job at the hospital. Okay. So 
The defense are obviously trying to claim that she had something against Showery and it's not true. Right. But she might have genuinely had something against him because he's a murderer. Yeah. She really didn't trust him. That's a good reason to have, like, it's a good thing to have against someone. And I believe the detective was also skeptical about the whole possession thing, but believed what she was saying to be true, which did obviously turn out to be true. Fair play. All right, let's break this bad boy down, okay? All right, all right, all right. What we got here is a woman possessed by another woman who was killed by a man. The woman who's possessed by the woman knows. <laughs> you got that? Because I ain't going to slow down. We're only getting quicker. <laughs> and the train's speeding up. <laughs> and there's a cliff at the, it's a cliff about a half mile ahead and we are speeding towards it. <laughs> so buckle up. <laughs> Hope you wrote your will and you're ready for the fiery blaze below. <laughs> It stops now. It's the no. It's not paranormal. <laughs> I I don't know these people. I don't know enough about these people to trust them. I don't know the extent of their relationship with the killer or the victim. It sounds like it was pretty intimate, which at first when I heard what was happening in this case, I assumed it was maybe someone who didn't even know the victim, didn't even know the murderer, and this name was just popping up. And that would have been, you know, incredible. That would have been very mysterious and suspicious. But the fact that it's like, it's so close. It's so close together. They all work in basically the same department. <laughs> yeah, that's very Weird. strange. Um, like a little too coincidental for me, unfortunately, to declare this as paranormal. I do think it's weird. I don't know what the possession thing is, whether that's like a coping mechanism or... That is that is one option is, you know, I think the temptation is to say that she's lying or that it's a genuine paranormal possession. Maybe this is a case of she believes she is being possessed, that this is some unconscious coping mechanism. That's true. Yeah. It may be. Maybe she genuinely thinks she is possessed and that's her brain like trying to... Because we do know she was, for better or worse, she was let go from the hospital. Yeah. And then this started happening. Maybe that was the straw that broke the camel's back. Exactly. We do not know. Stress can do mad things to people. Crazy things. I, as a doctor, know that better than anyone. Right. Of course. A doctor at the Edgewater General Hospital. (laughs) You take a lot of absent days. Stress. It's an honorary doctorate. You were once signed on for a 12, emergency 12 hour, Mm -hmm. uh, heart operation with a very sick victim. Uh And it you, you, you literally phoned in the day of. a very close friend of mine. Yeah. The day day of zero warning and notice, uh, you said it was too much for you. You're stressed. I quote, you you texted it to me because I was the nurse operating on that in in that operation. You said stressed AF. <laughs> going golfing. Yeah, I think that <laughs> was the end. Going golfing. Yeah, it was literally like four words. Yeah. Like, was one of them was, the golf was an emoji <laughs> as well. Really disrespectful. Yeah. He died. I want you to know that. Really? Yeah. Shit. Yeah. I really thought he was faking it. Honestly, I thought he was like a hypochondriac or whatever they call him. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, it's not your fault. I guess you were stressed. Yeah, I was. <laughs> AF. And do you want to know what I uh, bowled that day? What? 70. <laughs> so you weren't golfing. No. <laughs> you said golfing in I the text. I couldn't find the bowling emoji. Right? <laughs> it's a fucking ball. They all look the same. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if we have enough evidence to call this paranormal. Remy was just committing a, a, an admirable act trying to get a guilty man convicted yeah. of the murder of uh, Teresita Bassa. So it, I think it will have to be a double no on the case of whether this is paranormal. Unfortunately, it was a good case, but it's going to be a DN. 
Yes. Yeah, but I would love to cover some more of these paranormal true crime episodes. Your last two episodes have been the mysterious death of paranormal investigators. Are you trying to like spread a message or warn me about something? (laughs) I'll have an interesting episode for you next week. Rory may or may not be here. (laughs) The disappearance (laughs) of Rory Powers. That would be the most meta shit. That would be so funny. That would be amazing. Rory's not here, but he speaks through me. It's just your voice. Yeah. Me, like, taking the piss out of your voice. <laughs> Duh, I'm Rory. <laughs> I'm too dumb to not be killed by Kit. <laughs> you confess. <laughs> Shit. Is <laughs> <laughs> your police sirens. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. Kit's the best murderer in the world. <laughs> <laughs> so confused. Openly confessing about your crime. So, interesting case, and uh, thank you to our wonderful listeners for, for sending that one into our email at thisparanormallifepodcast at gmail.com. You can Absolutely. send your own thoughts about that case or any other paranormal cases to that email address. Um, you can hit us up on the socials as well. We're at thisparalife on Twitter, facebook.com forward slash thisparanormallife. If you want to dive that little bit deeper into the paranormal depths, if you want to take yeah. a red pill and tumble through the matrix, jumping skyscraper to skyscraper with little tiny sunglasses Absolutely. on, you can hit up our patreon.com forward slash this paranormal life. From as little as $2 a month, you can get access to the show notes blog. Are you okay? Where we're you just talked for like <laughs> a minute nonstop. Your eyes are bleeding. My eyes are just the green text of the matrix. <laughs> Chomping red pills like mad. <laughs> I call them red pills. My doctor calls them Adderall. Uh, <laughs> from as little as two dollars a month, you can get access to this show notes blog where we're letting you know. You know, in the Matrix, when they they hit, there's a little floppy disk that says Kung Fu or some shit. <laughs> That's not how it works. That's our show notes blog. If you remember from a couple episodes back, we had a little thing called the Vulcan Chop. Yeah, it's a hallowed. Uh, Kung Fu Maneuver not known by anyone except the, the readers of our show notes blog so I very rec- very much recommend seeing we that we divulge a lot of secret info it's up true. there um, it's great from $5 a month you can get into bonus episodes up up and away into merchandise and so on and so forth you uh, know I actually I watched a little documentary on the weekend go on uh, called Wild Wild Country go on and it was about this um, cult commune that formed in Oregon uh, in the 1980s. Fascinating stuff, really. And, you know, as this, as I'm watching this, eight episodes, six episodes, I don't remember. <laughs> yeah. Um, as I'm watching this happen, you know, you're learning about all this, the, the weird beliefs of the, this this crazy religious group and, you know, the ideology of the cult and the creepy things they're doing. It just made me realize more and more we need to start a commune. That's we really do, people. Um and I think that's really what the Patreon money is going to be for. We we need to be setting up a little goddamn village. Yeah. Where the be- ideally the believers of the world can come and we can all live in one place. You know, we'll use the Patreon money. We'll set up a little rec hall. We'll set yeah, up a goddamn hall. we'll, we'll get, uh, little teepee hut so people can yeah, live we'll, and shit. We'll, we'll dig a well, you know, so we can get clean water. Yeah, not, uh, not contaminated by the government's fluoride that they're exactly, putting in there to keep that's us what down. I'm saying. Um, you know. Uh, these people wore um, red garments to show that they were part of the same movement. Uh-huh. Trench coats. All of us trench coats. Yeah. Cl- clothing underneath, optional. But trench coats, absolutely at all times. Yeah. And, you know, in this world that we live in, you know, we got we got the government nonstop telling us what is and what is not real. Mm-hmm. Now, what happens when the believers become the government? <laughs> Everything is real. <laughs>
I love that a church bell just started ringing <laughs> when I said that. That's the most cold shit ever. <laughs> Welcome to the Church of Powers. I'm like, I thought it was the Church of Kit. <laughs> this is like me giving a speech on a stage in front of like thousands of people in beige trench coats. <laughs> Everything is real. Church yeah. bell. <laughs> people <laughs> screaming yeah shaking around <laughs> so uh please if you want to be considered to join uh the this paranormal life commune we might start a cult tier on patreon yeah i'm gonna think of a snappier term for our commune than the this paranormal life tpl commune is kind of cool i don't know we'll Not work bad. on it we'll work on it we'll, we'll workshop that. we'll let you guys know where we're setting up base and uh, we'll send out the invites by raven <laughs> so look out for ravens <laughs> everywhere I think that just about wraps it up for this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. We will see you with a brand new Paranormal Tale next Tuesday. That's right. And remember, remember to <laughs> live fast, fast investigate, investigate, die young. young. <laughs> see you next week. Join Tom, Ben, and Dan as they dive into the horror of the real world, unearthing terrifying stories that will make you sick to your stomach. Um, all right, mate, calm down. We're just a few guys talking about some disturbing cases. Well, we don't want to scare anyone off, but we have covered Jeffrey Dahmer, John Wayne Gacy, Jimmy Savile, for this. and then we've also done a bunch of mysteries and conspiracies like John Bonet Ramsey and Area 51. Oof, I could murder a podcast right about now. Check us out at I could murder a podcast. <laughs> All right, mate, get out.